Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a first-time filmmaker's journey. I am your host, Josh Lindsay, from the Movie Proposal Podcast. And with us is our first-time filmmaker, Christian Taylor. Hello, Josh Lindsay. Hello, Christian Taylor. We are zooming away as usual. I am looking at you on my little iPhone here. So I'm looking forward to the day we can be back in the same room. I really am, too. And with us is Mr. Rugg, Jason. How's it going, Jason? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Very good. So last time we did this, we made reference to you being a rug. Do you want to explain that this time? Yeah. So I, I found a website where you can custom print your own rug. And so I really, really want a Jason rug because <laughs> that would just complete me, I think. <laughs> So basically, you can make it any color you want and just put Jason on it. Yeah, you can print any text you want, you know, like a welcome mat or whatever, but it would just say, Jason. We definitely need that. I know. <laughs> I have it pulled up right now. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> well, um, we have some exciting news. We mentioned in the last podcast, um, Christian and her crew have finished the film for the eighth time. Is that right? How many times are we on here now? <laughs> yes, I've lost track, but I can tell you, this is the last one. This is the last one. Explain to us what that means and what, what are we celebrating right now? So uh, what happened over the last two weeks is that we, um, we finalized the, you know, we went to the final of everything, the final length the final score, the final sound mix, the final color correction. And all of those were out in their various departments and they were all delivered last week, assembled together and, you know, uploaded to our online screener for our film festival submissions to view. So, you know, at the end there was a mad scramble. So Jason, um, Hoban is our sound designer. He also did location sound. So he was with us in Normandy, but then he's done all our sound design and mix. Jeff Kurtnacker, we've met him before. He's uh, in charge of our score. Bill Evil is our editor. Um, Daniel Petrino was working on our credits and uh, Rodney Williams was working on our color. So all of those people had their own little task that they had to do. And I would oversee and give notes to all of them and, but at the end of the day, they were all supposed to deliver them on Thursday in time for us to put all the film together so that it could be uploaded and watched by a film festival on Friday. And as, as in everything else, we thought it was going to be no problem. Everybody was going to turn it in Thursday morning and Bill would have it all done by the afternoon and it would be up. And do you think that's what happened? No, I don't. No. I don't think that's what happened at all. No, I'm not even not sure if it's happened. actually still finished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you the truth about that. <laughs> um, but well, so here's what happened. Um, Jason turned in his score on time, and then we realized there were a few things that we needed to change. In particular, Bill really wanted the explosions that begin act two louder, a lot louder. And so Jason had to go back two or three times and make those edits. And then when he gave it back to us, after that was done, we put the sound to the picture 
and everything was off. And what I finally realized after Bill was trying to put it together and it wasn't working, that we had told Jason that we had cut the beginning of the film, which we ended up doing. Oh, that was another thing I haven't even told you about. We cut the beginning of the film and we put it at the end. So the day that we were supposed to give it to color correction, um, we were working on the credits and we were trying to figure out there are, you know, standards for whose name goes where on a title card in the credits. So we were researching all of that to figure out how we wanted to lay things out. And in doing that, we pulled up some other examples of other recent documentaries. And in doing that, we realized that there were no title credits in the beginning of any of these films. Well, that reminded me of something a man named John Arnold told me about a month ago. And he is a California editor who's very famous, done a lot of incredible work. He saw the film and said, you have one major error with your film. He's like, you have to take the beginning off and put it at the end. Nobody wants to sit through all of those credits. And I was like, okay, that's great. Thanks for telling me that now, but we're, <laughs> we're done. And I didn't even want to entertain the thought. But as I was sitting there and Bill and I were checking these other documentaries, I was like, maybe we should listen to him. Maybe he's right. Let's just try it. So we took the whole beginning and we stuck it at the end. And it was awesome. It was so much better and it made so much more sense, largely because you get right into the story at the beginning. That's why a lot of people are losing credits in the front of the film. They want people to get into the story. But also in the way that we had told the story, we, told, we, we showed our hand in the very beginning of the film. So at the end of our title credits, we had Danny you know, on Utah Beach in the ceremony wearing her dress and it dissolves into a picture of her in her flag dress, her colorized flag dress. So we tied the image of the photo with her being in the Utah Beach ceremony. Well, that's the whole story in a nutshell right there in the beginning of our opening sequence where, and then we start with here I am in Normandy and I'm on my own journey and an adventure. Well, I don't even discover Danny or Flo until I get to Carenton, you know, to Purple Heart Land in Carenton. So it just didn't, it, all of a sudden I realized if this film is about a journal of discovery, people need to discover Danny and her dress at the same time that I do. So it just made a lot more sense to remove that. In doing that, we told Jason that we made that switch, but we never uploaded a whole new export of the film for Jason to look at to time all of his mix to. So when he gave it to us, his final mix, it was all off. So that happened sometime on Thursday afternoon. And <laughs> then um, the color was delivered to us. And when, um, and so Bill assembled it all and it wasn't ready for me to watch until 3 a.m. in the morning. And I had to watch it for an hour and a half before I was able to upload it live. So because there had been a problem in the credits too that Daniel had to fix. So when Daniel turned his in, there was a problem there. We had to have him re-export it. So every one department had a problem. And so by 2.30, I fell asleep and I was not able to stay awake anymore. 
and Bill uploaded it and went to bed. And at seven in the morning, I woke up and watched it again. And that was supposed to be what we were turning into this film festival thing. And when I watched it, I found spelling errors in the subtitles. I found um, dissolves that did not work right. And it was awful. So all of that being said, it is up and it is finished, but we are going to have to fix those little mistakes. (laughs) <laughs> so it's not finished <laughs> well, it's not really final no. what is it what george lucas always says where it's like a project is never finished it just escapes yes like that's and that's you know you'll it's get fair. there you'll have the girl of war freedom the special editions in 20 years <laughs> yeah i just you know i i don't know it's sort of like one of those things where you you turn in your paper and then they you know you think it's your final one and you realize you forgot to do X, Y, Z. I mean, it's the same thing. It's like any other huge project that you have to turn in, but you've got five people turning stuff in and everybody's up pushed up to the last minute. They're going to be mistakes. And that's kind of what happened with us. So it is by far the best version that we've ever done. It is now an hour and 29 minutes and 22 seconds. That is with the credits. So without the credits, it's an hour and 26 minutes. So we did shave off a lot, which I'm super happy about. It's much more clear and concise. Initial audience reactions are super strong. Um, They think the changes that we have made are really good. Um, So we'll see. We'll see. I, I remember taking a cab to an airport one time, and the cab driver was explained to me that he used to work at a Ford motor plant and he said, don't ever buy the Ford. I don't know if it was the Taurus or Focus or something like that. And he explained why, because he was explaining the process of how this car got built and the problems they had and trying to meet a deadline and everything that wasn't working. And I kept thinking like, boy, this sounds an awful lot like making a VeggieTales video. Like nothing goes as planned or when it's supposed to be done. And there's always problems on the back end. And so I just want to say to you, Christian, you're doing a fantastic job. You're doing, you are spot on <laughs> exactly the way every film is supposed to be made. You've never done this before. So great job. Yes, I know. I, I know it is nothing new, but you know, it is frustrating. And I'll tell you the worst thing that happened this week. I could kill myself about this. You know how I've been telling you I've been watching so closely all of the film festivals. I'm watching when I can submit. And it's always this game of like, when's the last time I can submit with the cheapest price? Because they always have early bird deadlines, regular deadlines, late deadline, and it gets more expensive as it goes along. And so you, you got to catch it at the right time when it's the cheapest, but also when you have the money. So I was looking at the Toronto Film Festival, which was us. It was the one we had targeted as the one where we really, really, really wanted to come out at Toronto. And so initially I knew the deadline was May 29th, but May 29th was coming up. And on May 29th, I looked at the date and I looked at my bank account and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to wait till the next deadline, which was like August. And so I put that out of my mind. Well, we had some donations come in. So last night I went to go and, um, and apply. And that next deadline was the notification deadline. So I had totally messed it up. So I completely mm. missed the deadline. 
for the one major film festival we were really hoping to enter. So I could kill myself about that. That just was terrible. Fortunately, I believe in God and I know that, you know, I feel like he's in control of things and hopefully he's got my back somewhere. But the, the, um, the way this film has been made and the stories that have come out of it, I, I just have this feeling a year from now, we're going to pull this podcast up and say, remember what you said, this happened. And you won't believe what happened since then and why it was good that we weren't there. Here's why. It's going to be some crazy story. I hope so, you're right, Josh. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. I hope you're right. That's been true every step of the way. So I don't see why this would be any different. That is true. And, you know, it's interesting. You know, last week we talked with our social media people. It's so interesting because all of the people on my social media team, none of us really, none of us had ever had any experience launching a film or doing or, or marketing a film. Nobody. And yet I have people coming to me remarking about remarking about how amazing our social media is. Who helps you? How do you get your stuff done? And, and really it's all a, a group, a ragtag band of people who believe in an idea, who came together to say, we have something special and we want the world to hear about it and just the drive to get it done. And so it could, we're the little engine that could. You know, and it's not going to be a surprise to me if we're in a smaller little festival that nobody's ever heard of that maybe all of a sudden that year, you know, it's popular. I don't know. So what, what, what updates do you have? I know I, on social media, you guys post when, you know, we, we submitted this film festival and, and uh, I mean, have you heard from any more film festivals or when do you expect to hear from more? Yes, I have. As a matter of fact. Um, so we were also waiting to submit to Toronto because we wanted to hear back from the Sheffield documentary film festival. And we hadn't yet. So we were, because if you get in, you know, you then say, Oh, we got into this film festival, but we were rejected from the Sheffield doc fest. And we also got a rejection letter from the Terra Mina film festival in Italy. So, so far we have three uh, no's. We have one yes. I talked about it a long time ago. It's the um, Beach City Inspirational Film Festival in San Clemente or something like that in April, which I applied to because I was like, oh, we'll be in all these other festivals before then. It's not going to matter. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, no. Um, and so last night when I made this discovery about the mess up, I then went and looked up Movie Maker Magazine and I looked at all the top 50 film festivals worth their money. And I did a whole bunch of submissions last night to new film festivals, hoping to get in somewhere. So I think now we're up to 70 something submissions and most of them are in September and October. So we'll start hearing about them June, July, and August. So I think, um, I'm, it's David, right? Your executive producer? Yeah, David. I mean, I don't know if there's a, a number on this, but I, I got to imagine like, you know, let's say maybe 10% is a good number to get yeses to. So if you submit, let's say 80 and you get into eight, I mean, that seems like that would be great. Um, yeah. But maybe, it, I don't know what the number is. Do you no, know? I mean, I think that would be true. I mean, when you're, the thing is, uh, what I'm really curious to find out right now is, is where do we fit in, in the marketplace. So we know, you know, we've shown this all over the country. We've shown it in France and here. We know our audiences are passionate about it. They're passionate about it on social media. They love the film. They think it's, you know, unbelievable. We have gotten no 
poor reviews from this last um, focus group screening. So, um, you know, we know lots of great things about that, but we've never been judged by a jury of our peers. We've been playing to the crowd, you know, and we know our audience. And so the question is, how are people going to respond that aren't predisposed to like our material? You know, how are people going to respond when people who know how to make a documentary film watch our film? And that, that question has not been answered for me yet. Which you'll find out in the film festival process. Correct. Okay. Depending on, you know, where we get it, where we get accepted. I mean, we still have some very high level festivals on our submission list. Um, Rain Dance in London. Um, there's um, Doc Leipzig in Germany. We hope to hear back from them sometime this month. Um, you know, we, we applied to as many high tier film festivals as we could and then medium ones and then we have not yet applied to the smaller ones. You usually do those at the end of your film festival run. And in the last podcast, we talked about social media and you made reference to, you know, distributors looking, not necessarily film festivals, but distributors looking at, you know, does this film have a following? Uh, I've heard Sky Jatani from the Holy Post uh, talk about books. And uh, often when it comes to, let's say, a pastor writing a book, for example, uh, the publishing company will is more interested in well how many followers do you have on Twitter before they even consider the book. I'm wondering, you know, how much do, do followers on social media come into play? Do you think for film festivals? Well, they're just it just gives them other data points of information to let them know if this if this film has an audience. You know, so if they see an active and engaged audience um, with us on all these social media platforms you know they're starting to get a good sense that this film strikes a chord with you know with a certain segment of our community Do so you, well when when you did social media for the girl for freedom my uh, interpretation was this is a, a way to raise money because you're it's a <clears throat> uh, non-for-profit and my assumption was other films aren't doing this but am i am i wrong are a lot of independent films doing the social media campaigns that you're doing as well? Well, um, my madness was twofold. One, we needed to raise the money, but two, we needed to build the audience. I knew at some point, I thought anyway, the money raising would stop and the audience would be the primary thing. Um, most people either are financed or they do Kickstarter campaigns. So if they do Kickstarter or they do um, Indiegogo or... Um, GoFundMe, all of those are crowdfunding campaigns that um, utilize social media for their purposes. So a lot of times people will do that through social media. We did it differently. We did start off with Hatch Fund, which was a like Kickstarter. It was the nonprofit version of Kickstarter. And, um, but that was just not very effective for us. It was much more effective for me to assemble my own team and um, use that in conjunction with the live screenings that we did, the rough cut screenings to try to build this audience. So, you know, it helped us fund the film. It also helped us build the audience. And along the way, we collected stories that we've used in our social media campaign. So it just kind of all fed each other all the way along. All right. 
Yeah. So we're waiting on film festivals to finish this, or the film is finished and will be finished again later. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, what, what's next? Yeah. So next week we're going to have Jason Hoban, Jeff Kurtnacker, and Bill Evil on the show. Uh, Jason has yet to be here and he had quite um, an adventure putting his sound mix together. And it's really the first time the four of us will be together as together as we can be since the film was done. And we are like the core hub of the film creation team. So that's what we've got next week. Um, and then we're still waiting to hear back from some film festivals uh, for June. So that's where we are. Very exciting stuff. Anything we need to promote, remind people of before you wrap up? Please, if you can find it in your heart to make another donation, do. I'm still trying to pay people who worked on a deferred basis. Um, follow us on social media and spread the word about our film. Fantastic. All right, everyone. Well, hey, thanks for listening to Documentary First, where we believe everyone has a story to tell and you can be the one to tell it. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you so much for listening, for donating, and for following along on our journey. If you are able to make a donation this week, we really would appreciate it. We are supported by donors who give us $100 or less, so anything helps. Also, if you're able to share the news about the girl who wore freedom with your friends and family, please do that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email, and sign up for our newsletter at Normandy Story. Please go to normandystories.com slash donate to make a donation today.